3: Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. For those of you out there, I just want to say
4: this. I want to welcome you to the second hour of the Dr. Pat Show and turning us on it's really for me it's awesome to be able to connect with you to be able to bring you some of the best of the best stories about people that have you know risen above all of the things you think in your life that may happen to you but all of a sudden you wake up one day and they do so the question is what next the question is what now the question is, do you roll over when life just kicks you in the shins when you're down? Uh, don't you love this? this I'm, just, Benny, I'm starting to sound like a country-western song right here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or you're getting ready to play a soccer game.
4: <laughs> or get ready to play a soccer game. Yeah, one or the other. I grew up with country music, really old-school country music. Merle Haggard and those folks, right? Because my mom, you know, my stepmom was from the South. So I'm starting to listen to myself here today and, you know, a couple of these shows. And I'm thinking, oh, man, my Southern roots is coming back. You know, but there's no question about this at all when we talk about the journey and how willing we are to step out and be honest with ourselves and be honest with the people in our lives. You know, what does that look like? You know some folks say, "Ah, oh, you know, to write about your past, to write about this." I mean, that had to be kind of easy for you to write about your breakups, to write about your bankruptcy, to write about this, to write about that. And you know what? I got to tell you all out there. every time you hear me talk about the the suicide of my mother, I will tell you this. I can say it's smiling right now, but one of the things that really for me and my guests today and many others, you know, we are beyond whether or not it's okay to talk about it. We are so called to be as authentic as we possibly can be with, you know, in front of all of you. And that's really what I think the world is calling forth right now. You know, they're calling for a level of authenticity as above whatever that might look like in their lives that may or may not be working. And thanks to, uh, you know, my guest today, Uh, Fiona Finn, joining me here today, her book, Raw, One One Woman's Journey Through Love, Loss, and Cancer. Now, I'm telling you, when, when you look at this, when you look at love, loss, and cancer, basically the three stooges of life's journey, you can probably take a look and step back and say, how does anyone survive, let alone thrive? But that's what today's show is about. You know, it's We're talking about moving from abuse, divorce, bankruptcy, being abandoned during her her cancer diagnosis. And boy, do I know what that is like. How she has come to endure every, and I want to say this again, every woman's worst fears and end up not just discovering herself, but reinventing herself. Act of courage really is an understatement about today's show. And so today, we're going to take a journey with her that is so about, um, you know, what uh, that we are ready to take the lid, kick it off of here, and look at what it means to rise above. Fiona, welcome to the show.
5: Thank you, Dr. Pat. I'm excited to be here.
4: Yeah, what a journey, huh?
5: Definitely a journey. Still in progress. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, I wanted to talk with you about the the, the idea, of, you know, the book Raw. You know, many people would look at this, and I still relate to the word, but many people may not understand the word in the context of what this means. You have a picture on the cover of the book, and I have to tell you, I'm going to be one of these people, I'm going to tell you, I'm such a visual that you know the the picture on the cover of your book I, I cannot get it out of my mind. I cannot get it out of my mind. And I, I don't know, but I want to start talking about the picture. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> no, no,
5: definitely. Um I want to talk about it. It's um it kinda came to me. I felt very guided to use that image. Um and I think it it depicts exactly what you're about to read. Doctor Pat, Hello. I I definitely mm-hmm. think that When I was thinking about writing the book and how to express myself, I kept thinking to be authentic, to be raw, to let it all hang out.
4: I know. You know, one of the things I wanted to say to you, look, you're somebody, you know, you call yourself just an ordinary housewife. That's what you call yourself, right? Yes. Or somebody's calling you just an ordinary housewife. (laughs) Really? I call myself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, you know, my mother used to do the same thing. My stepmom used to call herself. I'm just, I'm just an ordinary woman. I'm just an ordinary housewife. This is a woman that had her first child at 12, her second child at 13.
5: Wow! There
4: was nothing ordinary about my stepmom, right? But I want to talk to you. You know, people have said that "Raw: One Woman's Journey Through Love, Loss, and Cancer" this memoir was is quite controversial. And I, I want to, I wanted you to talk to that because I don't quite get that comment. Maybe you can give me maybe you can give me uh, some some insight as to to why you think this is being called controversial for you.
5: You know, I think I learned about it being controversial um, during the marketing phase of the book. When I was writing it and I was, you know, asking myself each and every time I was sharing an experience, um, am I being honest? Is there anything else I'd like to say? Is there a certain way I'd like to say it? So I wrote it like I'm talking to my girlfriends. I was holding nothing back. And it's the same way we giggle about some experience that I had. So I put it exactly the way, in a conversational way. And when I went to marketing and, um, I hired a publicist you know she really didn't like my book she didn't dislike my book she just found it um extremely honest and so much so maybe you know like an onion it burns your eyes you know you're not ready for what you're about to read and that's just who I am so you know some people will like it some people won't but I really feel the majority will and how well you know you're
4: yeah, you're the author of several books, right? I mean, honestly, I, I can yeah. talk about a bunch of these books, for, you know, for with you. Uh, especially You Make Money, Money Doesn't Make You. Really? I mean, woo, boy, we need to have a comment. <laughs> that would be, that'd be another show you come back and talk to us about. But that Definitely. was part of your lesson, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah.
5: Definitely. Yeah. It was guiding me through, you know, when my husband did leave me during my illness, he didn't just leave, he left me penniless. And during my first few books, I was really finding my inner child. I was trying to heal myself. I was trying to connect spirituality and my lack of finances. So I wrote, went on to write Pennies from Heaven. Those books were all leading up to my memoir, you know, letting the public share my experiences.
4: I'm so glad you referenced Barbie in this book. Right? Yes, because uh, you know I'm familiar with all of your books, uh, and and so you know I thought, okay, I'm reading this book. Here we go. What's Bar- what's Barbie got to do with it? But let's talk about what Barbie's got to do with it because I think Barbie's got a lot.
5: Um, you know, for me, Barbie is my number one toy, the toy that I loved the most growing up. Um, and she exemplified what I thought a beautiful woman is not just physically. Um, but you know, you, when you're playing with her, you're playing about marriage and your dream home and a family and all those things so, you know, after I went through all that I went through, I looked back at my childhood and I realized that I had kind of manifested the husbands that I chose. I was married twice. My first husband looked identical to the Ken doll, and my second husband looked like the first male doll I'd ever gotten. My parents were not wealthy, and they bought me Donny Osmond. So he looked like Donny Osmond. It was kind of funny.
4: Well, I want to say this before we go to break. There's something I wanted to read in here that is so telling. I wanted to share it, if you don't mind, Fiona. I wanted to share it with our listeners because, you know, we live in this world right now where if your face is sagging, that ain't it. You know, if your boobs are sagging, that ain't it. You know, if your butt is sagging, that ain't it. And, you know, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we get a lot uh, as women of what ain't it, Um, what's not it, what we're not. And, you, and there's something that you write in here I just want to read because it really opens the door for, I think for me, the depth of the pain that you, you went through. So you write this. You say, the more eye-catching I became, the more I resembled a thing like a shiny new car. Believe me, it took a lot of courage to dive below the surface of my plastic life. In facing those men I loved whom I call my best friends, I had to balance their actions with their words. It didn't matter what they looked like. Jess, C, Scott said what's the whole point of being pretty on the outside when you're so ugly on the inside we're going to take a short break when we come back i are going to talk about how that opened up the next layer of that beautiful beautiful onion that has so many distinctions to it and as we pull the layer and get closer to the core the strength of that onion and that layer is so poignant that the tears roll down our eyes but we get to eat every succulent moment and taste of that delicious onion stay tuned we'll be right back
6: Tired of traditional talk, people pontificating about this or that, the left or the right, sometimes the truth is just all lost in the noise. Tune in each week to Straight Talk with Chuck Gallagher on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, as nationally known guests talk about what's important to you, your life, your concerns, and your success. Tune in and turn on to Straight Talk with Chuck Gallagher. Visit ChuckGallagher.com for more information.
0: Listen to the Yo! Andrew! News Talk Show every Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. More info where to listen? www.yoandrewnts.com listen. Don't get your message lost in the mail. Email us with this address, yoandrew at yoandrewnts.com. How about tweet Yo! Andrew at AndrewTweetGeo? Taking a picture is easy. Instagram us today at
7: @yoandrewnts. Transformation Talk Radio's amazing hosts span from the Pacific to the Atlantic Coast with a world full of loyal fans. What's stopping you from joining our clan? Bring your powerful message to listening ears. We've been helping people do this for many years. Want to make a difference? We can help you out. Just give us at Transformation Talk Radio a shout. It's easy to get started with an email so small to host at TransformationTalkRadio.com and then we'll give you a call.
0: Wondering how to play the game of life and actually win? Stop wondering and start winning the game of life with the unique, incomparable Lynn Brown. Lynn takes everyday aspects of life and infuses them with the magic of soul and passion to help others. She wants to help you next. Lynn offers a myriad of spiritual healing from chakra clearing, aura healing to even corporate and business readings. Bring your game face and visit letter R, letter U, into it.com or call 844 letter B into it.
4: everybody welcome back uh, welcome back uh for those of you out there uh, if you're feeling like you are down and out in beverly hills or wherever you think you're down and out you know if you're me you were down and out in Greenbrook, new jersey but you know the point is that every once in a while um i come across a story that is so profoundly riveting and honest and authentic and, and to see what's possible in the world. The question for, the, for all of us these days is what else is possible. It doesn't matter where you are in life. There is a question about who we are. Many of you have heard me talk about what, you know, my mother's first attempt at suicide and then her second. And in, 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 the, in the highlight or the wave or the wake, as we say, of what has happened to Robin Williams, we are now getting a sense, of what can happen to us, what is it really like to be brought to our knees in terms of how we feel about ourselves, how confused we are about who we are, and how little we think we can contribute. Today, I get to introduce all of you to Fiona Finn, on one woman's journey through love, loss, and cancer, and we're talking about this in many, many different ways, and we're going to touch upon all of those things I just said. Right now, Benny, what I'd love to be able to do is give a copy of the book away to our first caller. i uh, love to give someone out there a copy of the book. You guys know how to do it. First caller, 1-800-930-2819, one 930 2819 This book is available anywhere. Fiona, thank you so much. I mean, you know, I read something in that quote. What's the, what's the whole point of being pretty on the outside when you're ugly on the inside? And boy, right. that is a profound statement. How did you discover the distinction between the two because I think that's the hardest part especially when we're in a relationship with people we love.
5: Yeah, I think that um you know a lot of times we don't really reflect upon ourselves. We reflect about upon our past, you know, our partner, Um, maybe our children. We spend a lot of time thinking about others. Um, It's not until you go through some kind of a crisis that you have to sit there and really look at yourself, hold yourself accountable. And, you know, I was growing in many ways and I really wasn't growing on the inside of the person. I felt like I was actually my husband's moral compass and it was exhausting. (laughs) It really was exhausting. So, you know, I think by taking that time after my illness, um, to write that I really started to look at myself and how, you know, maybe on the outside things looked good, but the inside, it was definitely hollow, much like a Easter bunny, you know, a hollow Easter bunny. You're looking forward to biting into a marriage and it's all chocolate, milk chocolate, and you bite in and it's hollow and you're so, so disappointed.
4: (laughs) Right, right. You know, you share some very interesting things in the book, and I want to just highlight a couple of them if we if we don't mind. We're going to. Yeah. Yeah, I want to. Ju- I want to just jump to a couple of places here. Uh, one of the things you say is, you say, "I'm not a new age guru." Yep, may- maybe I'm not. You say. You don't say I'm not. You say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad yeah. you said me. That's all I want to say. Uh, yeah. y- you know, you say maybe or not. Um, you say that all your lessons come from overcoming life's hurt, um, and then you said though that once I looked within myself, I discovered who God really wanted me to be. Please talk a bit, if you don't mind, because I know God played a really important role in my own journey and my own survival. And I wanted to know, you know, what role has God played, you know, especially at that moment where you made this discovery that, oh, my gosh, something's not right here, but I don't know what to do.
5: Um, You know, I was raised Catholic, um, you know, went along with my religion until my teens, started to fight the whole church thing and just wasn't getting anything out of it. I spoke to God with my prayers all the way through high school, even, you know, when I was pregnant at 21 years old without my partner, you know, wanting to partake in my, our child's life. Um, mm-hmm. I did have conversations with God throughout my life, although I must say a lot of them had to do with the downtimes and not as much with the praising and the gratefulness for the good times. Um, mm-hmm. And during those ti- down times, I talk about it. You know, the two main ones were my pregnancy, unexpected pregnancy when I was in college and when I got cancer. Um, I had made a pact with him when I discovered I was pregnant at 21. I made a pact and I said, please, Lord, and I was on my knees. I think I was in my eighth month pregnant. I said, let me live until he's 21. Just let me be a good mother and let me be there for him till he's 21. And then you can have me for whatever you want me for. And then when my son turned 21, um, well, that year he was turning 21 was the year that I was fighting cancer. And I was really up for the fight. I was doing everything I was told until the moment that one of my PET scans came back and they said, there's nothing we can do. It looks like you're a terminal two years at the most. It was a misreading, actually, but we didn't know that. It was um, an infection. Um, and PET scans can't always determine between cancer and infection. So you really have right. to keep pushing if you believe that, you know, you are well. <laughs> so I did push a little on that one. But when I had heard the news that there was nothing that they could do, I thought, that's it. God's going to take me. He's taking his end of the agreement. I'm the one that said he could have me for whatever he wanted. So again, I got on my knees and I begged God, don't take me now. I've had two more children and they really need me and I just don't know that they could lose me now. And I didn't really know if I could trust my husband to raise the children. I just had this feeling inside of me. I felt that there were some crocodile tears going on, and it was really killing me. And um, then within a few months, literally from the time that I, I think about six weeks from the time I prayed, God did take something. He gave me my life, and he took my husband. But really and truly, it was the best thing he could take, although it took me years to see that because I was in love with him. And there's probably a part of me that always will love him, but he was yeah. incredibly unhealthy for me and my children.
4: Yeah. And, you know, this is really sort of the, the, what do I want to say, Fiona? This is really sort of the, the paradox of things, right? You know, we fall in love with people that we fall in love with. We don't really understand why we do, although, you know, psychologists will come out of the gate. They'll come out of the gate and try to explain it, right? You know, oh, right. my God, you got this pattern. You keep going. You know what? Who knows? Um, but the point is that, you know, there you are, and there he is, and they're like this. Uh, but the life, the light bulb goes on. I want to ask you this question. It's going to be kind of weird, but it's, okay. it's really kind of important because I think you're the – I've done over 9,000 interviews, and this is the first time I think I've ever asked this question. You know, was your cancer necessary in order for you to be able to see who was really going to be on your team, who was going to provide you with love in your life, and who wasn't? And, and the question. reason I bring that up, yeah, the reason I bring that up because, you know, I have a friend right now that's battling, you know, the kind of cancer you just described. Um, but they talk about cancer and they say, you know, sometimes we just have to cut it out. Sometimes we just have to cut people out of our lives. How did you really see either the parallels in this or the paradoxes?
5: Um I would say that definitely without the cancer, I would have continued on in a marriage Mm. that was hollow. As much as I loved him, he didn't love me back. He never loved me. And it was really crippling to my soul to learn that and to accept that and to keep continuing walking on. But I know that I have a great capacity to love somebody. I know that's Mm. what I learned from that. And then, as far as after that, it wasn't just a spouse relationship. Of course, my children are there for me in the good and bad, but I also got to see family and friends and associates and my clients. I was in real estate for years. We were spouses selling houses. And it gutted me how many people turned away from me. As soon as the money went, they were gone. As soon as the illness was gone and they felt that they had done their charitable contribution, they were gone. So, you know, everything has kind of wound down to those that I know are there for me and I know love me, and at least there is some peace in that. There's comfort in Uh knowing that those that are there are really there.
4: Wow. Uh, You know, I wanted to to talk with you since we are talking about cancer. Um, I I was, you know, I was shocked, Uh, and I was shocked and not shocked, uh, because, you know, you write about this on, on, your, on, on your website. You also blog about it. Love your blog, by the way.
1: Um, Thank
4: you. You know, you, you talk about, look, it says, Fiona Finn was abandoned during my, my fight against stage 3 colon cancer, thus becoming just another statistic. Statistic. And I thought, really? And then I went on to read this. I would love for you to talk a little bit about the statistics that you referred to and what you discovered.
5: Um, so during my cancer, it was really within five months into my treatment. I had gone through radiation. I had gone through chemotherapy. The first round I had had my surgery and within five months, my husband left and he never really came back to me. He played a little bit with me. He toyed with me about coming back, but he never did. We never lived together again. Um, I had gone back then for my second you know, round of chemotherapy and I told my doctors and they told me that statistically 21% of women end up separated or divorced within six months after their diagnosis. So within that five and a half week you know five and a half month mark, he was leaving. So he was right on cue statistically um to leave. I just wished that they had told me prior. So I felt that you know, I felt like if I went out and I told everyone, all the wives, that this could happen to you, you know, um, that you'd be more prepared. Um because I think it was not knowing. Um, I don't think I could have stopped what was going to happen, but I somehow could have maybe emotionally built myself up for it just by knowing, and I wanted to give that to other women.
4: Well, one of the things I want to say is it's a very, very important statistic. Uh, One of the other things I will also say, uh, you know, uh, in talking about that, uh, there is now, as you pointed out, there are now more statistics coming out since one of the fastest growing segments of our population in contracting chronic and uh, autoimmune disease is women, mm-hmm. um, the the numbers are staggering about how many partners actually are actually willing to hang in. Right. Uh, and this is really, you know, it's kind of like when you go to, it's like, my, it's like my mom used to say, oh, you go down there and you see, take these valves, for, you know, to death do us part. And my, my stepmom used to say, honey, that is such a lie. And I used to think, I don't think my stepmom was cynical. I think she was a very upbeat woman. But there was a right. reality to, to her that went beyond anything that I could understand as a teenager and in my 20s. As I got older, I was like you. When you peel that onion back, and for those of you out there, I would love to make sure you get a copy of this book, one eight hundred nine three zero two eight one nine. 930 That picture of the onion on the cover, it has something very distinct in it. And when I saw the picture, I could completely relate to pain. When we come back, Fiona, what I'd love to talk with you about is what then became your pathway. You know, what does it mean to hit a spiritual bottom, a self-esteem bottom? What happens to women when they get there? And maybe men. What happens when you get to that place? What do you see are your narrow options? And when we come back, Fiona, we'll talk about this. Uh, and talk about what the call to action is also we'll talk about how she went from being at the bottom to moving her way right to the top <laughs> let's take a short break everyone we'll be right back my super guest and i say super i, I that is an understatement fiona finn joining me here today we'll be right back
0: It show. Get Sophisticated with David and Philip Zarza. David and Philip touch on topics such as human potential, spirituality, pop culture, and purposeful living. Experience an insightful reading from David on what the universe has in store for you or reconnect with a departed loved one. Philip can look into an issue or anything else you may be dealing with. Go to getsophisticated.com. That's S-O-P-H-I-S-T-I-G-A-Y-T-E-D.com or call 206-420-8660.
4: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. You know, Benny and I last week, um, we did a tribute and again, I'm so impressed, Benny. I went back and I listened to that show and how you brought those clips in and what you did with that show. And it just really talks to the level of professional that you are.
2: Um, well, thank you very much, Pat.
4: Yeah. I mean, it was just, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but it was just phenomenal. Um, And you know, Benny also was able to kind of weave in how Robin Williams really touched our heart. You know, I've since been talking about um, what, where do we go from here? You know, there are many people that want to talk about the fact that oh, now you know, now we know he had Parkinson's, almost, almost in a way to dismiss the mental anguish that he may have gone through. And I want to tell you that, but I believe you're going to hear Fiona uh, and as well as myself right here say. Neither one of us dismisses not one bit of anguish that people go through from not being upbeat and positive, from being depressed, from being anxious, from having your love, you know, the love of your life treat you badly, from being, you know, someone that has lost everything multiple times. You know, and I think that's what I love about her book, Raw One Woman's Journey Through Love, Loss, and Cancer. And, you know, let's give out another copy. First caller, 1 800 930 2819. Love to give you a signed copy of the book. Um, you know, I, I want to talk about this because you do not shy away from the entire story. Right. You know, there are a lot of people that are going to beat around the bush and they're going to, you know, they're going to kind of, you, you know, kind of skirt the issue. But you're the second interview I've had in two weeks. One was by another fabulous woman who just was talking about, you know, life, (laughs) a bipolar life. But you're not really shying away. What has been one of the most difficult things for you to talk about in your memoir, in other places? What has been sort of, I'm going to talk about it. It's important for people to know. uh, And at the same time you know, how do I do this in a way that people get what my struggle has been, what my journey has been like?
5: You know, uh, two things to that, two facets. One is in the way I talk, and again, it's raw. I say it's unrefined, but what I really mean is not sugar-coated. I just say things as I mean them, and sometimes it comes out a little bit, maybe you would think raunchy, you know, but not in a way to be rude. I don't even curse that much in in my normal life. But when I feel it's necessary, and just like most adults, it's one of the luxuries we get as adults, I might slip a word or two when I'm really feeling it. So, you know, you might have a couple of that sprinkle through. But what I really think I do is I talk about the fact that my life was spiraling out of control, that it was one horrific event after another, you know, and then as with, all th- all events like that. I wasn't able to see the sun when I was crying, and boy, was I crying <laughs> for months. hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, you know, one of the things that I do want to talk about is, you know, what is really the depth and the breadth of what it means to look at your life and say, I don't want to go on anymore, I don't want to live anymore. Um, and, and I do want to talk about that because I, I do know what that's like for myself. I knew what it was like for my mother. I knew what it was like for my sister. Um, I knew what it's like for so many people that are out there really struggling when living doesn't seem like a viable option, especially for those of us that grew up in, you know, it, for, for, from a religious point of view. You and I come from the same religious, you know, religious upbringing where right. that even contemplating the idea of taking our life was a mortal sin. Right. So I I think it's important to really have a conversation about what that life at that moment in time was like for you. And then um, I want to ask you, what did it take to pull yourself up?
5: Right. Well, you know, really it had been kind of I was going in that direction. You know, when I was growing up, I think around 12 was the first time I yeah. actually thought about suicide once. I had an attempt yeah. um When I was 21 and the father of my child um, did not want to partake in his or my life. Uh, That Mm -hmm. was my first real physical attempt at um, suicide and I just didn't even (laughs) know what I was doing. It did not come back again until after um, my husband had left months after and I finally agreed to sign the divorce papers um, he quickly moved in with another woman. And when I met her, I've only met her once, and years have passed, and she's currently the stepmother to our daughter. Um, she was really cruel, and um, she just you know, made me feel so little at that moment for not being aware of their affair. She had threatened to take my daughter, and that they had all the money, and I was weak, and I just said, that's it. I want to go. I don't want to feel any more pain. I mean all I can tell you is if someone is contemplating suicide the pain level is so high and the hopelessness mm-hmm. is just you're surrounded in hopelessness you can't see light in the dark and it weighs so heavily upon you that sometimes it just needs a trigger that it's just there waiting for a trigger you know and um my trigger at that moment had been her and her words um but there are times still that I can feel that I' got that weight upon me because it is a journey, you know, writing and opening up to people and being an indie author is incredibly difficult because again, I'm coming from a place of pennilessness. And when you put out a book to the public from a place of not having, um that's a difficult task, So I'm so grateful for an opportunity to be on your show to have your listeners listen today and to hope that. This book reaches those people that are hopeless, that have had unlucky relationships, that may or may not have cancer, but maybe know someone that has cancer, and that are certainly willing to listen to a book, read a book that's not a beautifully written memoir, but a completely honest and authentic memoir.
4: I got to tell you, it is beautifully written because it is honest and an authentic Fiona. That's what I really want to say to you.
5: I mean, oh, thank you know, you. we
4: have really look. You know, that whole television series "Orange Is the New Black" is really redefining some things for people. But I want to tell you, beauty is being redefined, and it's being redefined by authenticity, honesty, and the level of heartfelt connection that people make with others. It's really now, you know, authenticity is the new beautiful. Because that's really what people were so bombarded by the plasticity of our pop culture, right? You know, not everybody's going to watch the Kardashians. And if you do watch it, you're watching it for some other reason. But, you know, you said something earlier, and I really want to make sure that I repeat it again. For those of you out there that align with sort of what's going on with Fiona, what I've been through, this is not your fault. The end of your relationship is not your fault. You know, Fiona, there are a lot of articles out there that talk about chronic illness, and and you want to hear a staggering statistic. Let's mention this before we go to the next uh, segment. What they're now finding, for those of you out there, if you want to know, the degree, the percentage of divorce, right, they say is about 50% going on here. But here's Mm -hmm. the shocker, Fiona, and this is what you talk about in your book. For people... Chronically ill, right in that chronically ill range. It is seventy-five percent, and I know. Isn't that shocking?
5: Crazy, it really is.
4: <laughs> but you and I know why. You and I know why. I mean, we hear everything from "I didn't sign up for this." You know, you're not going to use my inheritance on your illness. I mean, some of the things that gets that must have been said to you had to be so painful. What was this like for your children, coming along with these abusive people?
5: Um, I think it's really, that was one area in my book that I was unable to really deal with. My editor actually pulled me back and said, you must write a chapter about your children. You cannot avoid your children in this story. Of course, I talked about their births and the fact that, you know, they brought me a lot of joy in my life. But then I wasn't dealing with the guilt from how much pain I had felt that I brought upon them. I've always told them since they were little, and I believe it to the core of my heart that my children chose me, that all children choose their parents to learn their life lessons. Whatever they need to to learn from you in order to become a better spiritual being is why they come here. That's what my belief is. And with that, I don't know why I felt so much guilt when I looked around, and as I was going through this, you know, my two sons were abandoned also by their stepfather. As soon as I was mm. broken, he didn't need the stepsons. He did keep and care for our daughter. You know, they do have, they do maintain a relationship, and I hope they continue to. But there was a lot of pain, and then the loss of the family unit. Um, The fact that we've moved 11 times in four years, I mean, that is crazy. It makes you feel terrible when you can't give your children stability, and kids crave stability. Um, One of my children in particular, my son, um, he is probably the most hurt, and he only sees darkness. And certainly I fear for him that he will take the Mm -hmm. route that I have, you know, at some points teetered with, which is suicide as a choice when you don't see things Mm -hmm. improving. But I pray a lot. And I really hope that, you know, my book reaches people and that it's there to let other people know that there is light at the end of the tunnel.
4: I love it. And that's really, when I think about you, that's what I think. You know, (laughs) you are that ray of light, that ray of hope that comes through loud and clear by the sheer honesty and courage of the message you're bringing forth. When we come back, I'm going to talk with Fiona about, yeah, how do you go from the deep, dark place to that, what I like to call it, that juice of the coconut, folks. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. We're going to tell you a little bit on how you can pull yourself up, how your past sets no precedent for your future or your present. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
3: host your own show let us help you bring your voice to the world
2: do you seek direction in the world of cares countess starella the amazing clairvoyant can help you love and romance are her specialties as she tunes in to your life is this your soulmate ask countess starella direct born in new orleans starella is a lifelong naturally gifted mystical lady with an incredible ability to see the future for you Sterella has been featured on many international television channels and for years had her own show in Japan. Her European TV credits include a series of two-hour specials for Network TV 3 in Ireland. Countess Sterella is currently featured here on Transformation Talk Radio in a weekly show, Psychic World, each Wednesday, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. You can consult Countess Sterella personally on the brilliant website of orenum.com. Just search for Countess Sterella. There you can speak direct with the wonderfully gifted mystical lady herself, the amazing Countess Sterella, on Oranum.com. That's O-R-A-N-U-M. Do
9: you know how to achieve wellness in all areas of your life? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Signs of wellness are a capacity to love and ability to nurture, a sense of purpose, a good sense of humor and plenty of fun in your life, a concern for others and a respect for the environment, a conscious commitment to personal excellence, a sense of balance and integrated lifestyle, and capacity to cope with whatever life presents. Well, people enjoy their lives and want them to last as long as possible. That's why the wellness mindset you usually accompanies other constructive healthy lifestyle habits. By adopting a wellness mindset and behaviors like eating well, taking the right nutrition for the body, exercising, and saying affirmations are just a few things to structure a healthy system of values and beliefs. Call us at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232. And visit us at MaryJaneMack.com.
4: I want to welcome you back I want to welcome you back um you know there's so much that I could talk with Fiona about but I want to make sure all of you first of all you know how to find out more about her secondly her blog is out of the park it is so refreshing sobering and what we need right now Fiona before we jump into you know what your journey was out of the deep dark darkness into the light please tell folks how we can find out about you, how they can get a copy of your book, and more about your blog.
5: Great. Um, Well, I'm currently a Huffington Post blogger, so just look under Fiona, F-I-O-N-A, Finn, and heart me. There's a little heart there, and every time um, I blog, you will get that in the email, you know, an email of it, so that's awesome. I do a lot of spiritual blogs and a lot of little funny stories about my life. Um, Also, my website is www.fiona-finn.com, and my book is available in paperback and e-book on Amazon.com. So I would love for people to read it, pass it along, and, and give me a review. I'd love to hear the good, the bad, the better. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, I'm going to give you a review um,
5: awesome.
4: because I, I absolutely love it, and I love what you're talking about. Um, and, you know, I, I have to tell you, when I start to read about the reviews that are out here, the word truthful and truth comes up so many times. And I wanted to ask you about that. How has, how has that truth, led you to rise up to pull yourself up to be able to see a future for yourself to be able to write what is this your fourth or fifth book now and you're not slowing down
5: no definitely not i think um you know because of my illness and because of my husband leaving again they were catalysts to me doing what I've always wanted to do I mean for 20 years I mean during my 20s and into my 30s I always talked about writing a book I'm going to write a book I'm going to write a book and I knew the book I would write pretty much not all of it because not everything had happened to me um I wanted to start out with a woman who I had met um when I first started waitressing so um I definitely knew how I was going to start my book, but I would have never written the book had my life not changed so drastically. So for that, I thank my ex. He really helped me live a lifetime dream. Um, mm-hmm. And because writing actually was what brought me out of the darkness, journaling, putting down my feelings, giving myself a place to release all that pain, that was one of the big things that took me out of that time of my life let go of my fears, Um, you know, take this second chance at life and do what I've always talked about doing, which is becoming a writer and then being really honest, really authentic, not holding back because I didn't see a point to it. I could no longer wear a mask. That is one thing that's happened to me. I am unable to put on any mask. So when I'm sad, I cry. When I'm happy, I smile. And when I'm feeling all sorts of feelings that I don't know where to place, I put them down on paper.
4: Mm -hmm you know, one of the things that you must still get faced with is, um, first of all, how striking you are, and secondly, uh, how does someone like you uh, really go through what you've gone through? You know, given your looks and given everything about you, you know, this should have never happened. I used to say the same thing to my stepmom, you know, and it was interesting how she responded to that. So I I would love for you to talk about what abuse, what abandonment, how that transcends looks, money, uh, the size of your shoe. I mean, let's talk about the reality of what happened to you and how you were able to pull yourself up.
5: You know, Pat, one thing I can say is that um, my looks, I really just idolized Barbie and wanted to look like her. So I think it wasn't intentional. It was more subconscious. And for 20 years, you know, I continued to, you know, help myself along in the looks department. And I'm really honest about that. um, But I think I attracted dysfunctional relationships into my life and abusive relationships into my life because they were focused on the outside. And so was I. So was I for 20 years. I was focused on my outside. So what was coming towards me was also focused on my outside. So when Mm -hmm. I hit that point in my life where I used to ask my husband all the time over and over if there was a lifeboat, you know, um, coming. Well, actually, you know, a lifesaver, preserver, and one of us was going to go under much like the Titanic, would you save me or would you save yourself? And always with the sweetie pie, sure, I'd save you. And I feel that my cancer was that moment in time where I got to see. no, he would not save me. He would not save me. He would take that, you know, life preserver and off he went. And I didn't want to drown. Not really. Not really. I mean, I really wanted to be there for myself and my children. And then now for everybody else. I want to be there to say you can make it too. Um, It took time. So be patient. Be Be your own best friend. But really and truly be patient. And then forgive yourself. Some days are bad days. And some days are good. They're not always going to be good. But if you didn't have the bad or in the dark days, you wouldn't appreciate the, the light good ones.
4: I love it. The last thing I want to talk to you about in these last couple minutes uh, is a blog you wrote. And the reason I want to talk to you about it is because when I read it, I said to myself, Oh, my gosh, I, too, relate to this. And the blog I'm referring to is Jesus Spoke to Me, the Only Story You'll, you'll Need to Read Today. And I started to read this, and I started to cry, and I wanted you to take a minute, you know, to talk a bit about your discovery uh, of spirituality uh, as a way to really come forth and say we can all connect to the divine.
5: Definitely. Um, So... As I was coming through the healing process, you know, I I obviously had um, tried to commit suicide. I went in um, and had therapy. I came out and realized after I left that psychiatric unit that I was going to be okay. And um, I decided to try different avenues that I wouldn't have normally tried to help heal myself, heal my body, heal my emotions. I, w- I knew I was broken, but I really wanted to continue to try and heal. So I tried acupuncture and that was so out of my element, but I tried it and I had this beautiful experience doing it. And I don't want to ruin it for your audience, but yes, right, right, right. I believe that Jesus spoke to me and I share that on the Huffington Post because I don't want anyone to have to feel like if they can't afford my book that they can't, you know, gain from my experiences. So, so that's why I blog. So, you know, if you're in a bad place, financially and you can't afford my book today no worries you know you'll get a lot of inspiration from my blogging and that one particular story all i can tell you is jesus is real and he's there for us we're not alone and even if you feel like you're alone and you want to complain about it that's fine but i want you to know you're not alone
4: i love it you know fiona there's so much more uh that we could talk about i hope you will come back and you know i will definitely write a, a blog for you on here one last question. Um, sure. Given everything you've been through, uh, given where you are today, where you plan to go, I would love to know what your personal message is for folks listening to the show today. You know, what would you like to leave us with? Uh, what would you like to say to folks that may be at any point in their journey where they'd like to move above that place?
5: Um. I guess I've learned it from actually the people that have responded to me with my blogging. You know, there's a lot of love out there. There's always going to be the naysayers. There's always going to be people that question and torment you and so forth. Don't give them your power. Keep to the positive. Let that light come in. Let people feed your spirit in a good way. And then don't give anyone the energy to take away from the good things in your life. That's what I've personally learned in my journey thus far. So there's a lot more good in the world than there is bad. And try to focus upon the good, and it really seems to grow and blossom from there.
4: I love it. One more time, if you don't mind, Fiona, tell tell folks the best way to find out more about you. Get a copy of the book. And definitely for those of you out there, her blog on the Huffington Post is phenomenal. Um, It is really going to touch you. Please tell folks again how they can... uh, how they can hang out with you.
5: Yeah, definitely. Remember, my name is Fiona, just like Shrek, <laughs> Princess Fiona. <laughs> Fiona Finn. But thank God that movie came along. People would butcher my name before that. My book is called Raw, One Woman's Journey Through Love, Loss, and Cancer. And it really travels through two decades of my life. It's certainly not just focused on cancer. And I think a lot of women will relate to it. Men enjoy it, too. And it's available on Amazon.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. Wow.
4: Uh, for those of you out there, um, if you have not gotten a copy of the book, um, we will be posting uh, a way for you to grab a copy of the book from us. Uh, and if there's something here that you heard that you want to know more about, the book is phenomenal. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you for everything you do. What a great show. No, thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you, Benny. Again, pushing all the right buttons as you do so well. And thanks to all of you out there. You know, without you, this conversation wouldn't be much of anything. You are the folks that are inspiring all of us here to do more, to be more, and to bring you exactly what you asked for so that you, too, could live the life you desire. We so love you. You are the best listeners on the planet. Thank you for tuning us in. We'll see you next time.
6: visit the truth is Tired of traditional talk? People pontificating about this or that, the left or the right. Sometimes the truth is just all lost in the noise. Tune in each week to Straight Talk with Chuck Gallagher on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Mondays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern. As nationally known guests talk about what's important to you, your life, your concerns, and your success. Tune in and turn on to Straight Talk with Chuck Gallagher. Visit ChuckGallagher.com for more information.
0: Listen to the Yo! Andrew News Talk Show every Tuesday night at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. More info where to listen? www.yoandrewnts.com listen. Don't get your message lost in the mail. Email us with this address, yoandrew at yoandrewnts.com. How about tweet Yo! Andrew at AndrewTweetGeo? Taking a picture is easy. Instagram us today at
7: @yoandrewnts. Transformation Talk Radio's amazing hosts Span from the Pacific to the Atlantic Coast With a world full of loyal fans What's stopping you from joining our clan? Bring your powerful message to listening ears We've been helping people do this for many years Want to make a difference? We can help you out Just give us at Transformation Talk Radio a shout It's easy to get started with an email so small To host at TransformationTalkRadio.com And then we'll give you a call
0: Wondering how to play the game of life and actually win? Stop wondering and start winning the game of life with the unique, incomparable Lynn Brown. Lynn takes everyday aspects of life and infuses them with the magic of soul and passion to help others. She wants to help you next. Lynn offers a myriad of spiritual healing from chakra clearing aura healing to even corporate and business readings. Bring your game face and visit letter R, letter U, it.com or call 844-LETTER-B-INTO-IT.
1: Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information.
0: Get Sophisticated with David and Philip Zarza. David and Philip touch on topics such as human potential, spirituality, pop culture, and purposeful living. Experience an insightful reading from David on what the universe has in store for you or reconnect with a departed loved one. Philip can look into an issue or anything else you may be dealing with. Go to GetSophisticated.com. That's S-O-P-H-I-S-T-I-G-A-Y
7: ted.com or call two zero six four two zero eight six six zero. or